Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 110, Hearts to Understand. Hey everyone, welcome back. Today I want to start with some business. Let's get down to business. I've been thinking about this for a really long time, and frankly, I'm I'm excited about it. I'm I would much rather shine a light on other people and what they're doing instead of always having a light on me. And I want to be able to use my platform to do that. And I want to know about you. I want to connect with you. I want to know the good that you're putting out into the world. I want to know about your hobbies that are lighting you up, your passions, your projects that you're moving forward. If you are on social media and you have an account that's lifting people up, I want to know about it. Let me help you just pass on the word. If you're an artist, I want to be able to help attract those who appreciate your art. If you write music or you sing or you play an instrument that's intended to uplift and inspire, can you share it with me? And then I'd like to be able to share it with others. I want to know, is there a podcast that you're listening to? that you are loving, that it's just blessing your life. Let me in on it. I want to listen to something good and then I want to be able to pass it on. Look, I know the effort that it takes to put out a podcast each and every week. It takes a lot of time and a lot of thinking and putting your thoughts together and and organizing and sacrificing of time. So if I can do anything to be able to help somebody else be successful in their endeavor of doing a podcast, I'd love to be able to shine a light on them. I know that you're all doing incredible things, that you're living out your purposes. And I know there's some of you who might be doubting what I'm saying, but perhaps, perhaps you've had an aha moment that has just changed your mothering experience, or you discovered a new way to do ministering, a unique way that's blessing the life of the person you're ministering to, but it's also blessing yours. Please share it with me so that I can then share it with others and be able to highlight the good that the Sister Scriptorians are doing in the world. I want to learn from you, and I I want to be able to connect with you, and I just want to be able to help lift you because I know you're focused on being able to help others and lift others. And so to start this off, I want to be able to tell you about my friend, Lida. We have been friends for 13 years, and you know what? I prayed for her to be able to move in next door to me. I didn't know her yet, but I prayed for her to be able to move in. Have you ever had that experience? I was so lonely at the time. I had been a mother for two years, and I was a stay-at-home mom with my boy, and it's what I had always wanted. It is exactly what I had planned, but Doing that had eliminated for me my friends and my social interactions that I had built up in the workplace. (laughs) And I just felt like I was starting over and I felt so disconnected and cut off from from social, from friends, from family. And, And we lived in a fourplex that was sort of depressing for me. It was definitely a step down from the condo that we had been living in when we were dual income, no kids. And then in order to be able to go down to one income, we 
we downsized into this fourplex. And when the guy next door to me put a for rent sign in his yard, that is when I started praying really hard that someone would move in and just be able to be a friend. And God sent Lida. (laughs) She is a runner. I am not. And she is tall and thin, and I am not. And she is go with the flow and laid back, and I am not. But I loved her for all of that. In fact, I think that's just what made it work for me, is that we weren't the same. We only lived by each other for a few short months, but we have remained friends. And we're not the talk weekly kind of friends, not even the talk monthly friends. But whenever we start to talk again, we pick up right where we left off. And it's awesome. We have the sort of friendship that we can honor each other's perspectives and life experiences and just walk away feeling like we were better for it, for having connected with each other again. This is why I want to share with you Lida's new endeavor. Are you a mother who has a child with allergies? Or are you a grandmother or an aunt? Or maybe you're a young women's leader or an activities leader. I'm not even sure if that's what they're called anymore. Oh man. Anyways, if you have someone in your sphere of influence that has food allergies that you're cooking for, I have an idea for you that I want you to check out. Lida's daughter, Sailor, has allergies that have significantly changed the flow of their family life. And Lida, like a champ, has researched and found ways to be able to eat and to thrive. When Lida first started down this road, her main focus was to be able to find Sailor-safe foods. Foods that wouldn't cause an allergic reaction in her daughter, but then also foods that her family could enjoy eating. Oh, and I forgot to tell you. So Sailor has reactions to foods with milk, with eggs, with peanuts, with tree nuts, and with sesame seeds. Anyways, over the years, Lida has gotten really good at feeding her family Sailor Safe Foods and now has an Instagram account that she's just barely started called Sailor Safe Cooking. It just has a few recipes right now, but like anything, the more people that show an interest and an appreciation for the contributions that someone is putting out into the world, the more it's going to light them up and the more good content you're going to get out of it. Did you know that when you comment, when you when you give feedback, when you like something, I know that sometimes we can make it sound like it's so superficial, but it does light people up. It is the motivation to be able to put out good content that can help you. So if you have a child with food allergies, go and follow her, Sailor Safe Cooking. If you yourself are concerned about your health and maybe even wondering if you might have a food allergy, but you're not sure where to begin, go and follow Sailor Safe Cooking on Instagram to just get some tips and some good recipes to put under your belt. Lida is delightful, and I'm excited just to share my friend with you. She is a wonderful example of a daughter of God who has step-by-step while guided by personal revelation, done well her part, and I love her. So go check her out. And I want you to take me seriously. Please reach out to me and share your ahas or your endeavors. If they can benefit one, they can benefit many. And it would be so sad to try and start highlighting the good women that are listening to this podcast every week, but not have 
anything to report next week. So contact me. My email is carrie, C-A-R-R-I-E, at sisterscriptorians.com. Also, just to let you know, I am trying something new myself. It's good, right? It's good to stretch yourself and put yourself out there in new and different ways. And I'm planning to have a learn, like, and lift moment that I do on Instagram stories once a week to go along with our topic of the week and at least try and connect with you in a better way. So this is a big deal for me because any of you that know me know that I am, well, I'm camera shy. With the birth of my first son, I was given the gift of a beautiful baby boy and then also Bell's palsy on the left side of my face that has never fully healed and corrected itself. So videos and pictures, well, they haven't really been my jam for several years, but I'm tired of holding myself back about it. And so I thought this would be a good opportunity to just conquer that fear and give something a shot. It's scary. But I know that with your support, it won't be so bad, right? (laughs) So go check it out at Sister Scriptorians on Instagram this week and give me your feedback. Now, our topic today. So today we're going to focus on Mosiah chapters 12 and 13. And remember, okay, so Abinadi had been chased out. And after two years, he comes back into the city of Nephi in disguise. And now he's telling the people everything that is going to happen to them. He's giving them a checklist of what they're to look for and what they're to expect. And we discussed that Abinadi was told by the Lord to go and prophesy unto this my people. And I love that. Even though this people had hardened their hearts against the Lord's words and had failed to repent the Lord, he still saw them as his people. Which then leads me to believe that everything that Abinadi is going to communicate to them, everything that is going to proceed forth out of the Lord's mouth, the consequences that are that are going to be outlined, these were going to be for the people and wasn't going to be against the people. And I take that because he called them my people. So here's the list again. They will be brought into bondage. They will be smitten on the cheek and they shall be driven by men and shall be slain. The life of King Noah shall be valued even as a garment in a hot furnace. And why? So he shall know that I am the Lord. Remember how Noah asked, who is the Lord that shall bring upon my people such great affliction? Well, Noah, (laughs) Noah, you're going to get your answer who this Lord is. The Lord will smite them with sore afflictions. Yet again, the Lord refers to them as this my people. And then he names what those afflictions are going to be. Famine and pestilence. And the Lord says, I will cause that they shall howl all the day long. They shall have burdens lashed upon their backs. And he shall send forth hail among them and it shall smite them. And they shall be smitten by the east wind. Insects will pester their lands and devour their grain. They shall be smitten with a great pestilence, and except they repent, they will utterly be destroyed. So, 
I want you to know I realize that it is gutsy and bold of me to even suggest that such a list that would happen to them would be for them and not against them. But this is exactly what I believe. And I can liken that to our 2020. It has been a year. It has been a difficult year. It has been a year of commotion politically, economically, physically, socially. There have been natural disasters or at least disturbances in various parts of the world. And we're only in July. Yet I do believe, especially talking to members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that these things are working for us. He is giving this to his people for a wise purpose. So, for example, I can say for myself, I have always believed that God speaks to prophets, and I have always loved them. However, I believe that I am a witness today that God speaks to his prophets, that they are watchmen on the hill, and that specifically right now, President Nelson, through the revelations that he has received from our Lord, he is very precisely preparing us for these days, not just to survive them, but to thrive. Each wave of uncertainty that I have been given this year just has been another opportunity to start with what I know and then to build from there and to seek my very own personal revelation, to do what I've been counseled to do, that the Holy Ghost has witnessed very sweetly the right way that I should go and that it is up to me to then walk forward in faith, not fearing. And it is not easy There's so much uncertainty to quiet. There's so much mistrust to just place aside. But what I do trust in is what we fasted for twice. As a church, we fasted for healing. We were blessed by a prophet of God with healing and the faith to move forward so that 2020 can work for us so that we can count ourselves his and stand beside him more closely like we never have before. And as you can imagine, the people of Noah were angry with Abinadi, and he was cast into prison. And we talked last week about the vain and flattering words that Noah's people used on Noah to try and manipulate their leader, to ignite his pride so that something would be done with this problem named Abinadi. Noah met with his priests. What was to be done with Abinadi is what they discussed. Two years ago, Noah had boldly sworn that he would slay Abinadi. So I think to counsel with his priests appeared to be a slowing things down move. The priests suggested that Abinadi be brought before them so that they could question him that they might cross him so that they can find something to accuse him of. Doesn't that sound like the night before the Savior's death? Well, Abinadi answered them boldly, and he withstood them in all their questions. He even confounded them in all their words. 
And when I think of the word confound in the scriptures, I think of the definition of utterly destroying them with his words. That they were left speechless, even turned around in their own thoughts and purposes, maybe a confusion. They were so confused and they had to regroup because of their astonishment or their inability to rebuke. They were left in a stupor. This would have been, I don't know, an incredible moment to witness. And I imagine that it might have been sort of a ruckus. But finally, one priest asked Abinadi, What meaneth the words which are written, and which have been taught by our fathers, saying, How beautiful upon the mountain are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bring good tidings of good that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. Thy watchmen shall lift up the voice, with the voice together shall they sing, for they shall see eye to eye, when the Lord shall bring again Zion. Break forth into joy, sing together, ye waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord hath comforted his people, he hath redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord hath made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. These are the words of Isaiah found in chapter 52 of Isaiah. And I find it curious that this question was the question that was preserved for us in the Book of Mormon. And also that this question was even asked in the first place. Why? Why was it asked? Was the priest trying to draw an insinuation, I wonder? Debunk Abinadi's warnings, make him look like a fearmonger or a fraud? Was he insinuating that a messenger of God would bring good tidings and not promises of affliction or destruction? Was he accusing Abinadi of not speaking for the Lord because he was not publishing peace and he instead was prophesying of bondage? Warning of destruction instead of salvation? Was the priest promoting his belief in a eat, drink, and be merry lifestyle by indicating that the Lord hath already comforted his people? That they were already redeemed and repentance was not required anymore? I don't know. What do you think? What was the purpose of the priest bringing this up? We don't know the mind of the priest. But we know the response of Abinadi, and I see a hint of spunk in him because he asks, Are you priests? And pretend to teach this people? And to understand the spirit of prophecy? And yet desire to know of me what these things mean? I like the direct approach of Abinadi. He cut right to the chase. Essentially, he's asking or saying, Do you really not know? Are you pretending to teach? Are you pretending to understand? Do you really need me to tell you what the scriptures mean? And then I imagine that Abinadi shook the chains that he was bound with, just for added emphasis to let them know as they sat in their chairs with their breastplates to look so they could rest as they looked down upon him so that they could get the picture of the irony and hypocrisy that was really happening here. And then he adds, If ye understand these things, ye have not taught them. Therefore ye have perverted the ways of the Lord. 
And that is a bold, straightforward condemnation of the failure of these priests to lead the people of Noah back to God. The priests were not teaching the true source of good tidings, peace, and salvation. They weren't teaching about a God that reigns. The role and the value of watchmen the source of true joy and how the Lord does comfort his people and he does bring salvation to all the ends of the earth. Abinadi then adds, ye have not applied your hearts to understanding, therefore ye have not been wise. Hmm. So I had planned to go a bit further today, but let's just stop there and ponder this statement. Ye have not applied your hearts to understanding. Therefore, ye have not been wise. Wisdom comes from the Lord and can come to the most simple of men who in humility seek the Lord's wisdom. The Lord's ways can be understood when we open our hearts to him to be our teacher. Wisdom is better than rubies and eludes those who wish to scorn. And as found in Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 1, a man's wisdom maketh his face to shine, and the boldness of his face shall be changed. Isn't that a cool scripture to know? Because we know that soon when Noah will say to his priests, Enough, slay him! That the priests will attempt to lay their hands on him, but he will withstand them. Abinadi will withstand them with his words that they don't dare to lay their hands upon him because his face will shine with exceeding luster, even as Moses did while in the Mount of Sinai, while speaking with the Lord. So we can learn, liken, and lift one another with this truth from Abinadi that if we apply our hearts to understanding, we will be wise. So, I want to suggest that we start with 2020. Keep in mind the Lord doesn't do to you. The Lord does for you. What miracles have you received in your life because of 2020? The year of perspective. The year of developing perfect vision. What has it given you? What understanding have you received that you didn't have before, or at least not to the degree that you have it now? What miracles are you experiencing in your life and in your family's life? How is 2020 going to shape you for the future? Take some time and apply your hearts to understanding. Use this as an opportunity to gain wisdom. Did you know that even though we say 2020 is perfect vision, it isn't perfect vision? It's good, it's ideal, but it's referring to the clarity and the sharpness of your vision. Can you see an object 20 feet away clearly? If so, then you have 2020 vision. Maybe 2020 is helping us to improve the clarity and the sharpness of our vision for things that are to come. It's possible. So I'm going to change the ponder prompt for this episode so that it'll give you some space to record your impressions. Please think about what 2020 has done for you. What has it given you? 
Have you made new friendships? Do you value your extended family more since you haven't been able to see them? Perhaps you've realized that the anger that you've been holding on to was just a waste of your time and energy, or maybe you've had a chance to do some projects that are bringing some organization to your life and freeing up your mental space for more important things. Maybe your perspectives and your priorities are shifting, and it's all because you were given 2020. I think that this is going to be an excellent place for us for the preparation that we need for the next few weeks as as you prepare to answer the question, who shall declare his generation? Who shall be his seed? The answer to these questions is supposed to be you. <laughs> so let's start by gaining some understanding and some wisdom. Sister Scriptorians, this week, reflect on 2020 and consider how the Lord has given you the year of clarity and sharp vision. What understanding have you gained while experiencing affliction? What wisdom shines in your life? Has your prayers and fasting been answered? How are you being prepared and for what? Go to sisterscriptorians.com to download this week's Ponder Prompt and record your witness.